2: hey nathan it's been a crazy year for cars and trucks
3: so many things have gone wrong for the regular consumer everything from chip shortages to covid to slowdowns. i mean it's been a really tough year
2: so you know it's one of those like good news bad news situations right the good news is if you're selling a car oh it's (laughs) it's a hell of a time to sell a car oh yeah or truck but if you're buying a car
3: yeah, so even used cars, right now it is a seller's paradise. Cars are going for way above what they should be going for in a regular market.
2: So uh, I'm going to give you a number, okay? It's mm-hmm. going to blow your mind, uh, and, and uh, I'll tell you what that number is. Okay.
3: okay. $17,432. Mm, i am going to say a Nissan Sentra.
2: Nope. <laughs> that is the price increase of the number one most... Priced increase car from 20 to 2021. Can you believe that? $17,000 price increase. And in this video, dude, we're going to be talking wait, about... Wait, wait, wait.
3: That's the price increase? increase. That's <laughs> not the price of a car?
2: That's the price increase, yeah.
3: Oh, whoa. Yeah, okay, we're, that we're, was not what I was expecting.
2: We're going to be talking about the uh, top 10 most costly increase vehicles, both new and used. Okay. Ooh. From 20 to, From this time last year to this time this year. And that was a study done by IC Cars. So thank you very much. Uh, and the, uh, get this, on the low end, on the low end, the average increase of a new car is 25.1% in a year. And on the high end, that number is uh, 33.9%. So what car do you think that is? I'm not going to tell you. If you can't guess it, we have to wait until we get to number
3: one. Oh... Uh, um Okay, Mustang? Ford Mustang?
2: You're close. It's a sports car, but it's not. In Three of these vehicles, actually, four of them are trucks. Of oh, well, yeah. All right, so let's start with the uh, new cars and then we'll work our way down to the old cars. And as is always the case with TFL, we'll do it from top 10 going down. So we'll stop at number 10 and then we'll go down to number one. Cool. Okay, sounds good. All right, at number 10, Nathan, is the Range Rover Sport. Uh, it had an increase of $11,969, or about 25%, so almost $12,000. All we can do is we can talk about these cars, too.
3: Yeah, well, they're paying $12,000 too much for that truck right now, I mean, for for that vehicle. I'm sorry, but the Sport, it's okay. But, you know, we we all know there's some issues with the reliability, but it's also just not worth the price that they're, uh, uh, ugh, $12,000 more is too much. You think? Oh, way too much. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um. I, I would, you know, $2,000 a regular markup from dealers, which they tend to do because they have no scruples. Yes. Okay. That'd be fine. I, I mean, understandable, I should say. But when it comes to that much money for yeah. that vehicle, yeah. no bueno.
2: Yeah. So there is some. Um uh, JLR news, of course, and we can mm. talk about that. Number one, uh, Jaguar has basically gone all-electric. so they've now They're announced. going all-electric. Yep, yep, I exactly. mean, it's not happening tomorrow. Right. So, so Land Rover and Range Rover are going to stick with, obviously, the ability to have, at least for now, internal combustion cars. Uh, and As you know, we have a Land Rover Defender, and the latest news is that there's now, because of the chip shortage, a one-year wait if you want a Defender. One year. <laughs> one year wait. So, it, you know, one-year wait if you want a Defender and if you want a Range Rover Sport, it's going to cost you at least 60000 That's kind of the entry level, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's an increase of 25% over this time last year.
3: I'll tell you what, Roman. Once we get through the list of the new cars, yeah. uh, let's discuss why there's this increase. So yeah, go the chips. Little, yeah, go into the weeds just a little tiny bit. Yeah, okay. okay. No,
2: number nine, and this is these are ranked by percentages. So the number... The, the dollar number is going to be lower, but the percentage is higher. This, this vehicle has increased almost 26% by a factor of 2,313, and it is the Mitsubishi Mirage, which I believe is, Are you kidding? is one of the least expensive cars in America Yeah, it is, to start it, with.
3: yeah, um, They were one of the few car companies that, up until recently, actually sold a car in the United States for less than $10,000. Now, granted, it was almost impossible to get one for that price. But really, they they sit around twelve to fourteen thousand dollars for the fairly cheap ones. And they can go all the way up to about twenty. And now they're like sixteen. It's just and that's the base price.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, with those little thirteen-inch wheels, it's uh, the, it's it's one of the cars that I would probably stay away from if I were.
3: They're not okay. Well, you know, honestly, it should be, I've been trying to get one of these to so, test. Really? Yeah, we would. Well, well, my, the reason why is because it gets phenomenal gas mileage over forty miles per gallon for a non-hybrid vehicle. It's really good, but. If you get the CVT version of the car and you bring it to the Rocky Mountains with the little tiny, you know, three-cylinder engine, it's not going to go very far or very fast. Uh, but they do have a manual transmission version. So I've been asking Mitsubishi, please send us one of these so we can do an MPG run.
2: If, if I call it a dud, that's not going to help.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <They're> not, <laughs> no, no. And, and the thing is, is that it's – the, the car has been generally plasticy. It's very plasticky. It's very cheap. But but, but, but but, you know, Titty. Roman – to be fair, it's a very inexpensive car for people who can't afford a nicer yeah, car. Yeah,
2: yeah. The other thing I want to see is what, what the uh,
3: safety stats on that. Uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, compared to older cars, it's much better. Um, exactly. And it does have ABS. A top safety stuff. pick plus, is it? It's, it's not quite there, no. But it's also not, you know, it's it, there are no red flags for it being completely unsafe. So keep that in mind so, as well.
2: So if you were to pick, like, you know, the, 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 the duds in the car world, that would certainly be one of them. And there's also a Ford that falls into that category.
3: Well, there was.
2: There is a Ford that falls into that category. You're and kidding. It's built, it's built, I'll give you a hint, it's built in India.
3: Oh, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, what the, is it? it's Sport.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, when we sold our Raptor this week, right, Yeah, I was talking to the owner of the dealership, and I'm like, how do those sell? And he, he kind of looked at me like, I just asked, you know. the Worst question the ever. Worst question ever. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell you what we did. What we do, we put them into the, uh, like, loaner fleet. So when people go and, you know, basically have their car or truck service, the Ford dealership, they uh-huh. get the Ego Sport, and then they discount them, and then they put them on the lot for a couple thousand dollars less, and then they sell. And he said, usually they have, like, 15 of them lined up. He, he looked out, you know, and there were, like, four, because, once again, there are no inventory
3: of new cars right right now it's it's really tough to get it uh, thing is is that i've actually looked at their sales numbers we did some reports recently and they sell them they do sell but it is because the dealerships are very uh, inventive on uh, ways of selling them and uh yeah they're also very popular fleet vehicles i've seen them in rental fleets left and right those that remain <laughs> there's yeah, even, not that many even, rental even, fleets out even there those are selling out. And, you know the thing about
2: these numbers is you know the tundra is number eight 26 increase eight thousand that doesn't
3: surprise me too much
2: but you know this is all profit for the dealerships oh god yeah and for the vehicle manufacturers so i mean you know we're being a little rough on some of these cars but let's face it manufacturers and dealers are now making money hand over fist because there's no more discounting of trucks. There's mm. no more, you know, if you can get a discount of vehicle now, you're doing really well. But yeah,
3: and we, we managed to pull that off with a Subaru recently. But that's for the most, because I ordered it like two that, months ago. Well, that's exactly it. And right now, you know, guys, if if you really don't want to try to haggle with these people, and good luck with that. You're going to have to wait a little while before prices start to settle down. And this is, as far as I'm concerned, I, feel, I, I consider a lot of dealers who are pushing these prices and ridiculous increases as being somewhat unscrupulous because they're taking advantage of a program right now where everybody is in the same league. They can't get cars because there aren't that many chips or any in some cases, and inventory is shrinking. So they're taking advantage of that and they're taking advantage of the buyer.
2: I was talking to a Mazda dealer. He said he usually has like 150 Mazdas in the lot, Uh, less than 50. mm. He says if somebody comes in and says, I want to haggle, he's like, go find whatever Mazda you want and go someplace else because we're getting full MSRP. Yep,
3: yep. Yep. And that's the minimum. And you know what, full MSRP, fair enough. But it's these price increases over MSRP that are really iffy. Should we continue?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about the next one, number seven. That's the uh, Chevrolet Camaro, 26.7% increase or 6,582. I didn't think Camaros were actually selling.
3: Uh, yeah, they are. Um, and they recently announced that they will be continuing them through next year as well. I think originally there was a uh, rumor that they were going to discontinue them kind of soon. But they, they're still, they still have some demand. And I think it's a really good car. I don't know if it's worth a major increase, but, you know, so be it. <laughs> That's the way it is. Um, it competes with the Mustang. It's, they have currently five different powertrains, I believe. There's a four-cylinder turbo, a six-cylinder. Um, well, by the way, a really good six-cylinder, i got to say. And two different V8s. And then there's also the super hot V8, uh, the ZL1 or, or whatever they're calling it now. So they have five different trims, or several different trims, convertible version. Really, just, you know, it goes directly against the Mustang. And really, those two compete directly against each other, far more so than, say, something like a Challenger.
2: By the way, I was wrong. These are used cars that we're talking about. Sorry. Uh-oh. Yeah, so we're talking used, not new new car prices. Okay. It's increase. Okay? All right. Yeah, so, yeah I, I, I read this wrong, Nathan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, top 10 worst cars. These are So, in other words, these are the top 10 worst cars to b- buy right now. Should we start over? No, let's keep, no, we keep going. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. Okay. It's okay. It's a podcast. All right. The title keep, will be
3: different when you see the actual. Yeah, because uh, I was looking
2: at the prices of these things, and the price seems like, you know, very low. So, they're not new
3: car prices. Okay. Uh, so, continuing on the used car prices yeah, so Chevrolet, vehicles. Uh,
2: Chevrolet Silverado, uh, number six, 1500 uh, 27% increase, $7,960 increase.
3: Okay, well, there you go. That's not much of a surprise for pickup trucks. Pickup trucks are the biggest selling vehicles in the United States by far. And Chevrolet, if you combine Chevrolet and GMC totals, they go head to head with Ford's F Series totals. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not a big surprise there. What's the next one?
2: Uh, Number uh, five, this is the one that uh, is actually pretty. Crazy because I thought this segment was dead. Uh, it's the Mercedes Benz S Class. No kidding. Yeah, because I didn't think anybody was buying big old sedans, right? Uh, that's increased 27, uh, 27.9% or 16,198.
3: And that is a used S Class. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, beautiful car. I mean, amazing interior and all that, but I, I have a hard time. German cars are having a hard time maintaining their value. And yeah. so this is a little perplexing. But not this. One. I mean, not
2: everything is going up in value. Yeah, value, everything
3: you know? is going up in value. So yeah. normally, vehicles that tank very quickly aren't tanking as quickly.
2: Yeah,
3: I, I guess that's a good thing for some people.
2: Well, I think it's you know they're not, not depreciating as quickly. Would well, be,
3: yeah, they're adding this extra price. So even though the value does depreciate, still the extra price on top of that because of the shortage is still there. So you know you're, you're kind of in trouble one way or the other if you're a buyer.
2: So uh, basically, we're talking about you know the price change from last year at this time to this year. Uh, so now we're talking about the next car, which is number four, the GMC Sierra, which is actually a truck. Uh, we're looking at a 28.6 percent increase or 9,418 $9,
3: dollars. So even greater than the Silverado. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, and then the number GMC... three is a Ram.
2: Wow, really? Yeah. Number three is a Ram at 28.8 percent. That's up 8,000 dollars.
3: $8,000 more for mm. a used Ram.
2: Yeah, the next one is just mind-blowing, though. Number mm. two. Can you guess what it is? Ford F-150? No, it's a Mercedes. Come on, you can guess what it is. It's, oh. the, it's a Mercedes that I've always wanted, but uh, could never afford, and now I will never afford. Oh, uh, well, th- that would be the GT? No, come on. What, a... what Mercedes do I want? There's well, only one Mercedes few, I lust after, and it's not a sports car. It's not a luxury car.
3: Oh, um, well, then it's I an don't... off-roader. Oh, you, you want a G-Wagon? Yes, of course. Oh, of I've always course. wanted a G-Wagon. Sorry, I, I didn't equate that with yes. Mercedes. Yes. It's its its own thing. Remember,
2: remember when I ran over you with that? Uh, I certainly do. How in love how in love I was, that 4x4 four four squared. You remember that?
3: Yeah, so much in love with it that you decided to leave the bumper on the highway at one point. Uh, well, that was... <laughs> that that was
2: I, I, I would like to say the bumper left itself on the highway. <laughs> it detached itself and committed, it committed suicide. <laughs> it was so ugly and new that it... Well, let, me, let me tell that story. Yeah, so, it's a really funny story. We should so uh, my dream car for a long time was the G G-Wagon. And of course, at the end of the first generation, right, which just happened recently, they came out with a 4x4 squared, And they were like 250,000.
3: Yeah, and they, they had some really unique suspension setup. they portal really, axles. Yeah, portal axles and... A real monster.
2: So, so, for the, was it two years ago or three years ago now for the LA Auto Show? Three Merce- years. Mercedes lent me one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we decided to go to Hungry Valley, mm-hmm. north of LA, uh, and take it off road. And what they did to make it street legal so that other cars wouldn't, like, uh, porpoise underneath it, yeah. was they added this really kind of tacked on, like, double stainless steel bar bumper. Remember what that thing looked like? It looked like something that was just stuck out. It looked like the musical
3: instrument. It almost looked like a flute. Um, Like two flutes stuck together. Yeah, two flutes stuck together. It was really thin, you know, metal. We're not talking about something that looks like it's structurally sound, but Mercedes just did the bare minimum to get through the requirement from the Department of Transportation to have a bumper hanging low enough or a component of it to stop a car from going directly underneath it in a rear-end accident. Yeah. But it's very flimsy.
2: Yeah, so uh, we took it to Hungry Valley, uh, and we decided to actually run Nathan over with it because it's so tall. Yeah. And it was fine.
3: Yeah, so they took the largest human being that they have at TFL, laid him on the ground, and said, okay, let's drive over you.
2: And, and then that's a good video if you want to look at that video. Fun. And then yeah. we decided, because it was so unstoppably great, with the portal axles to go over this berm, right? And then when I went over the berm, the bumper actually caught and kind of bent up just a little bit. Just a little tiny bit. And I looked at it. It was held down by like four bolts. And I was like, yeah, "It's fine. So that night I go to pick up my wife and, you know, LA traffic, 405, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh my God, the bumper... It, in the middle of L.A. traffic, just decides to fall off on one side. So I'm <laughs> driving down the road like at 9 o'clock at night, sparks are flying, and the bumper's holding on by one bolt.
3: Oh, and uh, sh- uh, caveat, he's trying to impress his wife because he's kind of hoping uh, that at thing. one point in time, hey, honey, maybe we should buy one of these used or whatever, yeah, and I all of a
2: sudden... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's too smart for that. So I, I, <laughs> I was unable, I was able to actually undo the bumper, stick it in the vehicle because so long, right, It's stuck into the passenger compartment. Right. So I go to pick her up. Uh, at, is it Bob Hope? Small airport up in Burbank. It's Bob Hope, right? Yeah, it is Bob Hope. Yeah, Bob here. Hope. Yeah, in Burbank, pick her up at the airport, and there's a stinky, you know, that's been dragging on the ground bumper, in the passenger well compartment. And she's like, "What the hell is this?"
3: And I was like, oh, "Well, it's the uh, bumper to the two hundred fifty thousand dollar Mercedes." Yeah, you should have tried my thing, which would have been. You didn't see any bumper. There's nothing in here. You saw nothing.
2: Anyway, um, what happened was um, that, um, where was I going with this? That she did not like the vehicle. She could not get into it because you had to, like, you have climbed. a pole vault into it. Yeah.
3: It's so funny seeing these things driving around L.A. and, like, you know, Rodeo Drive right. and these tiny little you know, people them in them. It. It's just like, come on.
2: And 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 you know the net effect is that the G wagon has increased thirty three point two percent or thirty seven thousand dollars. So that's
3: on top of the price. Now this is used, so on top of the used price of this vehicle, you're paying for basically another whole
2: vehicle.
3: Thirty seven thousand. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. The
2: number one, the one you couldn't guess that increased seventeen thousand or thirty three point nine percent. The G wagon only won thirty three point two percent. What do you think it is. Come on, this is a sports car. It's the very it's, it's the sports car every YouTuber has to have. Yeah, the Corvette.
3: Yes, that's You know why I know that? How do you know that? It's right behind me. Oh, there you go. It, it had to be. <laughs> yeah, it had to be the Corvette. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, it's a dead giveaway. Even I can figure this one out. Um, the thing about the Corvette is that uh, they really knocked it out of the park when they designed this brand new one. At first, I wasn't really into it. Um, they got rid of manual transmission. They put the engine into the back, you know, all this other stuff. But especially in this blue, it's outstanding to look at. Up close, it's even better than when you see the pictures. And Roman's driven way more than I have. And you've got to acknowledge the performance and handling of this car is just incredible for the price.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Europeans are kind of snooty when it comes to their sports cars. But we have built in America a car to rival those guys.
3: By by a significant margin.
2: Yeah, uh, and we'll never get the credit for it because, you know, it's a Corvette and it's got all this baggage, but it is up there with any, you know, three or four times as expensive European sports car in terms of its looks, in terms of its handling. People always, especially in Europe, kind of poo-poo it for the interior, but I think the interior is just as nice. Much
3: better now. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I, the, I see,
2: I, you know, is it worth... $17,000 more? I'm not sure. I mean, you know, GM, they stopped production recently of the Corvette. And had, it wasn't because those, of the, the chips. chips. Yeah, no, it wasn't because of chips.
3: Well, I, that was part of the reason. They, 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 no, they, they said
2: s- specifically it wasn't chips. It wasn't chips. No, they said it was supply issues. Supply side issues, not chips.
3: Huh, okay. Well, it was during COVID yeah, when no, they like, did it.
2: No, like last week they announced it.
3: Yeah. So, you know, you you can equate that with, you know, the, the COVID slowdown and how everything. Remember, there's hundreds of companies that feed into one major company in terms of part suppliers so it could be any number of those that slowed down
2: all right so are you ready for the second list which i got wrong originally but this is the top 10 vehicles that have increased the least or actually have
3: decreased Okay, that's a good year. thing. So this is good for buyers now. Is, well, n- well, you'll see.
2: It's kind of good. So right. number 10 is the Subaru Impreza, which has only increased uh, $1,272, or 7.6%. So it's still increased, but it's the least amount
3: of increase. Okay, so you're paying a little over a grand more for a car that... Honestly, it's it's a perfectly good car for all weather and for budget-minded people. that get really good mileage. It is the little brother of the one that we just bought in terms of it's, it doesn't have the big lift kit or anything like that. Uh, I almost bought one for my wife with a manual transmission. You know why we didn't do it, aside from the dealership not being great?
2: Uh, because you didn't want a CVT? No, no, it had a manual. Oh, it had a man- oh, yeah, 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 you, yeah, the, you uh, can get the uh, manual. Because you didn't... I don't know, why didn't you do it?
3: A funny thing happened, uh, we were actually test driving it, and it was in the price area we wanted, and my wife went into a driveway mm-hmm. uh, and pulled up, and we uh, bottomed out a wow. little tiny bit, because the Impreza is actually really low to the it ground. have that 8.7 inches. No, because we we weren't looking at the track which was more expensive. So anyway, that was why we didn't get it. But it's, it's a perfectly good car. Uh, I do recommend it with the manual transmission. I think Roman would as well. Let's move on to the next card. Uh, before
2: we do that, I just want to do a big shout out to all the patrons. Uh, that oh, yes, this podcast. Uh, so if you guys, uh, you know, this this is a much different animal from what we do usually on YouTube. I think it's much more well
3: unscripted, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the big mistake we made in the beginning, oops, oops. Yeah.
2: But much also much more kind of personal in some ways, and much more uh, free flowing uh, in terms of our opinions. You know, we have to be a little bit more. Um, I would say, Real planned and, or structured in yeah, the videos. Yeah, this, yeah. this is kind of more free-flowing. So if you love that, we'd appreciate your support on uh, our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. It's uh, patreon.com slash tflcar. We'd love to have you You know, give us any amount of money you can uh, so that we can keep doing these things. We've actually added, um, besides the YouTube channels, we've added the, the podcast now. I think people like listening to them either when they're running mm-hmm. or while they're driving. And there's two different podcast channels. Yeah, there's, there's this one, and then, you know, you've been featured on both, and there's a truck channel as well. Yep. Uh, so it's added a huge amount of work uh, to, you know, everybody's load because we're still doing all, <laughs> all the videos. videos.
3: <laughs> Seven different video channels, four different websites, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: so if you guys appreciate this kind of much more uh, candid uh, discussion uh, and, and you want to keep us, you know, in, in, in an office space and what's your favorite food, dude?
3: Uh well, uh, Japanese,
2: yeah, sushi. There you go. Yeah,
3: um, but there is more to has this expensive for, taste. For, well, I do because I'm an expensive type of guy. But also <laughs> remember, patrons. On top of that, if you have questions yeah. and you want them read on TFL uh, Talk, either one yeah, of them. Yeah, we're still
2: doing that. As, you know, right now the perks that the patrons, patron, patro, I, I won't say patreons, but they're not patreons. They're patrons. Get. uh is that we post. You know, like our most popular and our most kind of. Most production worthy videos like the series we're doing, to right? Come back, no payment needed, uh, there first, so you get a preview of what's coming up ahead of everybody else, right? And we're gonna start, you know, answering questions uh, on this show and on truck, yeah, and yeah. on truck uh, on the podcast. So if you have any questions, we'll start answering them. And by the way, if you do have any questions, uh, we'd love, actually, to get a video questions.
3: Oh, that would be fantastic.
2: Be, yeah, so just like, you know, you could take your phone and just aim it at yourself. And, mm-hmm. just, record, and just... Yeah, record, record the question and send it to us. Uh, just send it to us at uh, info at TFLcar, or if you want to do a truck, ask at TFLtruck.com. Either one of those works.
3: Please keep language clean, and let's stay away from anything that might be considered a topic that would be taboo.
2: And if, if you're having a hard time transferring, it's a big file, we do have a, a WeTransfer uh, mm-hmm. where you can just use WeTransfer to send it, uh, and email us for that, and we'll send you the link to that, and you can send it to us. So we'd love to answer those questions. All right, let's keep going, dude. Yeah. Number nine, Honda HRV, uh, 6.9% increased. We've gone down from 7.6 or 1200 bucks about
3: Okay, now uh, the HRV is really close to getting a complete update and possibly becoming an all-new vehicle. The rumor is is that the next generation will be a hybrid, which makes sense. Honda is moving towards hybrid hybridization. Yeah. Okay, with their new vehicles. So the current model. Now, if you get a really older one, like the first generation, because there's technically two generations HRVs, you can get a manual transmission with front-wheel drive. Second generation, which is the current model, uh, you can't but it comes with a continuously variable transmission and it comes with Honda quality, which I think is quite good, but the most important part of all the HRVs is the interior setup. So, so you
2: just drove the Taos, which is a new Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. Which would you get? The, HR- oh, the Taos. Really?
3: Yeah, the Taos will, will dr- right, drive circles around it. It has a really sharp little turbocharged engine, 1.5, uh, great power. I, I'm not in love with the transmission, which is a DSG. In the Talos, but there's a whole video out there with me driving it and talking about no, it. Yesterday. Yeah, just put it up. Yeah, so check it uh, out. But I really think it's the best Volkswagen product I've driven. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would buy it over an Atlas if I had the same money. I would buy it over the new Tiguan. It looks, that, it's that good. It looks like a baby Tiguan. It right? is. It's a baby Tiguan, but it's it's got great space and it, and the, the suspension setup is beautiful for a little vehicle like that, but the HRV does have a big caveat, a big trump card I should say, and that is its interior design. It is one of the most flexible interior setups ever, and you can put amazing amounts of things in this really tiny little crossover. So that's the HRV's appeal in my book, and it's a fairly well put together vehicle. So there it is. Uh, Is it worth, was it 1,200 bucks more? Yeah,
2: Yeah, maybe. Well, you know, I mean, people did get those stimulus checks, so now we're in stimulus check money. <laughs> yeah, so you you blow your stimulus
3: check in order to pay for the premium on the vehicle that you should not pay Nathan,
2: for. It. Or, you know, if you really want to go wild, get, get scratch tickets, and maybe you could. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah. afford that G wagon if you hit it right. Get a thousand dollars
3: worth of scratch tickets. You heard thinking, it here first, folks. I
2: was thinking about that. It's like the government gives you money, and if you go get those scratch tickets, you just give it right back to them. <laughs> Well,
3: <laughs> yeah, in, in an <laughs> essence, yeah. So it's a full, you know, it's a, a
2: full circle. Full circle exactly. The 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 circle of of taxable life in America. Okay, All right, we're eight. not going to go into that
3: anymore. No, no we don't <laughs> do
2: politics. Number eight is the CX three. Uh, it's up six point three percent, or just about a thousand bucks. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, CX three. Well, is also- that's
3: a problem for me. You know why? CX three is a perfectly good car, yeah. but it's being discontinued. Yeah, I know. They're actually getting rid of them, and they're the Mazda six too. Yeah, yeah. The in Mazda America. six. In America, but the Mazda six is going to get an interesting replacement. We hear the, the CX three is uh, going away completely. And it's being replaced sort of by the CX-30, which will take its place as the smallest crossover in Mazda's lineup. And it's a great crossover. The thing about the CX-3 is that it's based on the Mazda 2 platform. It's tiny. Uh, it's, It's no bigger inside than my wife's Mini Countryman, which is one of the smallest vehicles in its class for a crossover. Uh, it's also not very fast, although it handles very good. It is sexy. Yeah, and it, I think that the CX-3 is a very good-looking little car, but it's small. So keep that in mind if you're going to go and you spend the premium. You know
2: need to come back with the Mazda speed. I don't, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, without I, a doubt. I, I, there's just really, right now, the problem with Mazda is, you know, at least with Subaru, you still have the WRX and the STI, right? With Mazda, you've got no excitement in the showroom.
3: Well, you do have the, the MX-5. You do have the Miata. And the Miata is an exciting, fun little car. Oh, yeah, it is, but it's also it's all the only one they have. Yeah, and they've been around a long time. Well, yeah, they, they invented the segment,
2: and 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 the, a the small, you know, better British convertible is not exactly, you know, gonna rile the blood of most millennials.
3: <laughs> well, it, it, they sell. I mean, for a small two passenger Japanese I convertible, mean, they sell people, quite If you well. want
2: that car, you'll get the used one. Because right, yeah. there's a boatload of used ones out there.
3: Yeah, and uh, it's not on our list, but it's... it's. When I say
2: used ones, I mean like first or second gen.
3: Yeah, I love the first gen. I don't fit very well in the first yeah. gen, though. Second and third gens I fit better in. Uh, but think about the thing about the Mazda company as a whole is that they went upper class. You've seen of interiors.
2: So, like you had, you know, like Chevys, and then you had Mercedes, and then kind of in the middle uh, were Volvos. And now Volvo's trying to go into that kind of premium segment, and now Mazda's trying to fill that kind of Volvo middle ground. Their
3: interior and exterior designs are extraordinary. Unfortunately, they still are viewed, and will be viewed, as entry-level cars. And so, some of their really nice offerings are fading away. The Mazda 6, which I think is the best car in its class, at least for styling and a really good driving performance unfortunately is going away people aren't buying sedans and people aren't buying big sedans
2: and speaking of all those nathan that's number seven on our list it's an uh, increase of 2064 or 5.5 percent the xc90 the big crossover
3: the big crossover that's their best-selling crossover well no it's not actually they're they're uh the 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 second the 60s, 60 xc 60 is one of their best-selling ones but the 90 sells well for them the 90's old yeah well it is an old platform they do have a plug-in hybrid version of it Um, super turbo yeah and it's got the super turbo which is basically a supercharged turbocharged right so a four-cylinder engine that has a supercharger and a turbocharger and what that does is it mitigates lag and still gives you the top end power uh, all in one package and it's proven to be pretty effective.
2: Yeah, I think Volvo has a lot of uh, new cars right now like the uh, the, char- is it the Recharge the electric cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just talked to a guy. He just bought one. Oh, yeah, I was at the car wash and I said why'd you buy the Volvo uh, and he said he loved the look of it And mm-hmm. he, he liked uh, the fact that uh, it had over 200 miles of range I said why didn't you get you know something like a Tesla? You, I knew you said, were gonna say Tesla. I was curious you know? Yeah, Cause I, I mean let's face it for every one Volvo they sell they sell 100 Teslas. Yeah uh, electric Volvo that is Uh, So I was curious why he didn't go the Tesla route. And he had a lot of good reasons. It's a good-looking car.
3: Well, you know what they did in my book? They kind of took the same playbook from Apple Design. They did. It it looks a lot like, yeah, very clean. Very simple. Very very simple, very elegant in terms of what they did. The curves are great. The, the the, The way it feels in your hand, so to speak, is very similar. And I've noticed that with other Volvo products in the recent past is that they've been updating them and making them seem like they're Apple products.
2: Number six, Nathan, the Toyota Prius. It's up, nine hundred and seventy-one dollars or five point four percent. I think the thing about the Prius mm. and the reason it's not, you know, look, Prius pioneered hybridization.
3: Yeah, in terms of popular hybridization. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So they, you know, but now uh, I think the world has shifted, and everybody's going more toward full electrics. And so I think the Prius, uh, it doesn't mean it's not popular. It doesn't mean it, doesn't, it still sells. Doesn't, doesn't get. In- incredible fuel economy yeah but you know it, it was kind of that half step mm-hmm. toward what eventually will be full electric and maybe maybe uh you know the prius's time has come and gone
3: well i don't i don't agree um i could be wrong no toyota uh, first of all has been very resistant to go all electric they're insistent that they can make a hybrid vehicle that is extraordinarily efficient uses very little gas creates very little greenhouse and at the same time gives you electric range and they managed to do that quite a bit with some of their products in fact recently i drove their uh, sienna minivan and normally it's like i don't care you know it's a minivan so i'm gonna talk about its interior dude i was getting like mid to high 30s with that van driving it like an ape yeah i know it's crazy it's crazy and it had all-wheel drive so they, they pioneered that hybrid system. yeah uh,
2: and the other thing about the Prius, to me, I think is you know it's always kind of been designed to its own drummer. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I'm, own not z- a, I'm not a
3: fan of Prius design. Yeah, the, the, the recent design is way out there. Well, they wanted to get attention; they certainly did. They but did. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite
2: out much. there. Maybe it's a little too like a Tokyo nightlife, I guess, would be the design language. Well, you, you know,
3: no, it, it, it's not because the Koreans have managed to absolutely out-design. Toyota, when it comes to well, but, hybrids and now electric vehicles,
2: well, it feels like it feels like like the Prius and some of the some of the electric cars out there look like they're trying really too hard to be futuristic. Mm. You know what I mean? In you, some you, cases, you, you don't have to. The design doesn't have to be futuristic. The design just has to be fresh and modern and clean, right? That, that, that says future to me. You don't have to have, like, the weird taillights and the swooping lines that intersect in really right, interesting right. or, you know, unusual ways. That, that doesn't, you know, that's not the George Jetson car. I mean, to me, clean design that's minimalist is more futuristic than anything. You
3: just were out, What was it Hyundai or Kia? Where yeah, we, with
2: the uh, new Ionic 5, which I thought Kia, was really cool. Yes,
3: exactly. And now you tell me about that design because that was an awesome futuristic yeah, design yeah. that you can buy tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right.
2: And, yeah. Number five on our list is the Audi Q7, three point one percent increase, one thousand two hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, yeah, cool. it's, it's it's a big old Audi crossover.
3: Yeah, uh, it's one of their better sellers. Once again, uh, crossover sell well is the yep. Once again, the midsize. Yeah, one. but although the, the, the Audi builds good vehicles, uh, they are not. Uh, how do I put it? They used to have passion kind of imbued, and they lost a lot of that passion. Well, I, th- I think
2: one of the problems—I shouldn't say problem—one of the one of the issues that, that all the Germans have to overcome is that their cars are starting to look all alike. So a Q7, a Q5, a Q3—they all, yeah, all look the same. Alike. Yeah, it's just—it's a little too much, you know. Give me mm. some—give me some some distinguishing something between them. But a spicy-looking version right. of something. Yeah, that really. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all too like you know corporate identity. Yeah, and that's I, that's just a thing in, in German design right now. It, yeah, it's, it's really
3: it's really bad right now, and it goes throughout all the German you know makers. Although Mercedes is starting to really you know make some really different looking cars that Speaking don't look Mercedes. Good. Yeah, I'll four, give Mercedes credit on that.
2: Number four on the list: the GLC. Once again, the midsize crossover. The yeah, mid-size which is GLC. a really good crossover. Uh, it's up only two percent, uh, seven hundred and nine dollars. Uh, yeah, it's a good crossover. Tommy
3: recently did some videos on the GLCs.
2: Yeah, they're. Um, they're interesting, you know. I mean, it's got that definitely that kind of more jelly bean design, mm-hmm. right? So it's much more rounded. If anything, Audi's much more squared off. This is much more rounded. Uh, the GLC is, uh, you know, pushing in some ways uh, the midsize crossover boundary mm-hmm. uh, by, you know, infusing the midsize crossover with a lot of luxury and a lot of kind of, you know, that, those those interesting vents, right, that yeah, you yeah. have that... That go across the whole it's a beautiful thing. interior in and then, you know now the giant screen um, so yeah it's a cool car
3: yeah I, I i mean that that is a bit of an increase but it's not too bad uh so far you know knock on wood they could be a lot worse <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, number three is a car we just bought, the one you didn't buy because it was a little too expensive, the Subaru Crosstrek. It's only up 1.4% or $314. Okay,
3: so... Um, I think they just
2: build a lot of the... Cro- I mean, they're, They sell like crazy. The Crosstrek, they're the, the
3: Crosstrek is one of Subaru's best ideas because what they did was... And they they took it, the Impreza, which yeah. wasn't selling great, and they added just a couple things. They added a cool little applique with the uh, front bumper, the rear bumper, gave it a cool roof rack, gave it a lift, changed the wheels around, and... They went from you know, kind of this wimpy kind of you know eh, looking car to a hey, you know, let's have some fun. It's a great looking car. I think it's the best-looking vehicle in Subaru's fleet. I think it's way better looking. I think it's the right size. It's the right size. It's better looking. It, it needs a better-looking interior. Uh, dated. Aesthetically, it's a little dated. But I think outside and the colors they chose are fantastic because they're really bright and happy. Um, that car is absolutely the best thing that Subaru builds. But for those of you who are serious about taking one off-road, Roman's recently done some videos, and we've done some stuff in the past. I recommend, and they still sell them, getting the automatic transmission one. A friend of mine bought the six-speed, and he absolutely adores it, and that thing is a mountain goat.
2: So, a couple things. Um, I love the car. Uh, I think it's super, you know, we bought the base one, so Mm -hmm. like rubber steering wheel, you know. Uh, they all come with no the order. less powerful engine. Yeah, the two-liter, uh, 150 horsepower. They all come with eyesight now, so they all have basically lane uh, keep and self steering. Yeah. Uh, and I was testing it in the mountains, and I was doing 75, and it it, it kind of terrified me because it'll like the Tesla will maintain 75 miles an hour, and it will steer around a corner at that speed. The Subaru will start into the corner, and then you flashes. Uh, self steering disengaged and you're driving it which yeah. is the first time that happens is a little terrifying because you're you get your hands on the wheel and you're kind of paying attention as you should be but you're still expecting the car to be able to steer around the corner. It, it won't.
3: Yeah, we're talking about a highway corner, too. Right, yeah, so, and, and, so and it's very, it,
2: you know, you go up like when you go floor, you, go and you come down. Right. And then you go down, and you come through those little bendy parts before Idaho Springs.
3: So about 70 miles per hour, well, you're those cruising was, that through. Was 65. Still, you're cruising through those things yeah. at a fair clip, so they're not tight bends is the point. Uh, anyway,
2: it won't do it. It'll just disengage And The first time it happened, it was a little terrifying. Uh, but by the third time, I was expecting it. And by mm. the fifth time, I'm like, if it's going to disengage, I'll just turn it off. See, I never
3: use those systems. So yeah. I don't even care. But, but anyway, I, like it, it, I think,
2: like, if you're going to Denver and you're on a regular highway mm-hmm. where it's stop and go, it'll work. Yeah. It's, it's just when you're going quickly around, you know, relatively sharp bends.
3: And the car's really efficient.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I love the fact that ours has a key and it has, you know, nothing you don't need and everything you do need. So, right. like, you know, automatic climate control, but only not passenger and driver, only one. Uh and, you know, radio has a tune knob and a volume knob. But and it still has Bluetooth and all that, too. And, the, you know, you don't have to hunt around for the outside temperature. It's right there. It's right. It's displayed. Uh, and the back seat has plenty of room, even if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this weird garage. Driver and
3: passenger seat are pretty comfortable And for behind the,
2: people. you know, back, back seat, there's plenty of room for yeah. Blazy, who's, who's over here sleeping. Yeah. Hey, uh, Um, And it's just, I, it's just, I love the car, you know. And, and I was worried about the CVT, especially with the two liter, because, you know, now we're at like 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 feet. Right. And, you know, where uh, you go past uh, Georgetown, it gets really steep. Oh, yeah. So it was me and Blazy in the car, you know. We're both pretty heavy people <laughs> and dogs. Uh, and... Uh, It did not struggle going up that hill.
3: I think that if you had a if you filled it with four passengers and had some cargo, I think it would struggle a little bit, but it would be okay. It's it's if it fakes kind of if kind of fakes shifting. So you know when you floor it,
2: it just goes. You know. Yeah, it has like a stepped gear thing. Stepped gear, so that kind of fakes you into thinking you have a. And and yeah, I know the look, especially what I'm going to say next. I know the manual is better, but nobody buys a manual. I tried to get a manual because I thought... Yeah, it's 4%. Yeah, it's like you can't even get one. yeah So yeah. what's the point of getting a manual and reviewing it for a year when nobody owns Which it? Which is
3: completely reasonable. We bought the car that most people will be buying. Exactly. And we never get from the... Well, from, we don't get anything from Subaru. But from the manufacturer in general, we rarely get a, an entry-level model. They want the nicest thing for us to present to you. So in this case, we're being realistic with what the vehicle is. You know, basically, other than the manual transmission option... There are, we got no options, right?
2: We got uh, rubber mats. That rubber was, floor mats. Okay. So it's 23 5 and we end up paying 25 for
3: it. Which is pretty good uh, considering. So uh, as Roman said, there is a $1,000, how much is it? Uh, upgrade, uptake?
2: uh well right now they're up 314 so 314 forward.
3: that's not too bad so
2: we actually got one below sticker and that was because i ordered it two months ago before it all hit the fan right and also thank you to peter west over at AAA. they have a car buying service uh, they do it here and in Texas and in Oregon, and they're great. They're yeah, and great. there
3: are a lot of other car buying services out there. We're but, just spotlighting this one because this is the one that helped us.
2: We, we buy. I bought a b- bunch of cars through Peter. What they'll do is they'll. He actually got me the car under sticker, which is incredible. Delivered it to my office, clean, and signed the paperwork here. We need to
3: send him a holiday ham or whatever. Yeah, did, didn't so. have
2: to go to the dealership. Yeah. So thank you, Peter. Thank you, AAA. I would highly recommend it. We're not getting paid for this. Nope. Uh, nothing it's it's just a really great service uh peter's actually retiring robert's taking his place so if you call okay him, call well, robert
3: have a good retirement peter so the thing is once just just finishing off on the um the crosstruck is that uh, i still think it's the best vehicle they build and um it's not it's still on an off-roader guys it's so, so it's not
2: that's so why i did a video yesterday you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, the conclusion of the video is now i know why subaru won't give us vehicles because we proved that they're not what subaru Contends they are so we you know we were watching of course. They didn't invite us to the to the recent uh, Wilderness well, object, was Right, yeah, uh, and then they were going up some quarry uh, and you know all the journalists are like wow this thing's great It's got you know, 10 inches of ground clearance, and it'll do everything so you know, we took it up our standard uh, new hill, which is called Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Two sides, truth or dare. Um, usually, what we do is we lock everything up right away because you don't want to get it suck But I was curious to see how good X Mode was, right? Yeah. So I started going up. Um, Using X Mode? Yeah, no, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I dirt, I you road, and, and keep in mind, the most important thing you can have are good tires. Mm-hmm. And it comes with all seasons. Geolanders. Yeah. They're fine, but they're not. I think
3: they're perfectly fine for everyday use. Yeah, they're
2: great for dirt roads, but they're not dedicated off-road tires right. right so grip isn't grand so i'm going up the easy side which is truth i get about halfway up you know where that goes the beat yeah the
3: so when you say it gets stuck, did it lose traction, or did the engine, like, did it recharge power? So, so what powered? happens
2: is uh, I floored it. I kept it floored. The car goes up to 2,000 RPM, and it just it just won't go. It just, like, like mm. it, you know, I was asking our videographer, were the wheels spinning? He said initially they were spinning, and then they stopped spinning. Okay, that's so, exactly what happened to us before. Yeah, that's what, what happened to us before. So I'm like, okay, I'll put it in X mode, put it in X mode, you know, floored. Uh, and it goes another five feet and gets stuck again. So I did get out with X mode. So what X mode does is it's just an algorithm that you know basically breaks the wheel that has uh, no traction and sends part of the wheel that has traction. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so I, I I got it up like five more feet and then it got stuck again. Uh, and you know, look, if you have a side by side and it has a CVT, what will happen is if you really floor it, eventually that uh, belt, right, which is a rubber belt, will glaze and then it'll get hot and then it'll break. Yeah. But In a side-by-side, it's on the outside, you just stick a new belt on it, and you're on your way. Right. Not a big deal. And in a car, the CVT isn't a belt, it's a chain Mm. that rides up and
3: down. Or it's a metal, it's not like a chain, like a a bicycle chain. Yeah, it's
2: like a, yeah. And... If you break that, you're basically looking at like a $2,000 service because right. it's buried in the engine.
3: Well, and so that's why they cut power because they don't exactly. want to roast it because it's a very roast? simple setup. And if you if you grind it and force it to do something that it can't do, you're going to heat it up, you're going to break it, and then you destroy your transmission. So Subaru, what they do, other automakers do this as well is with their CVTs. When they're being strained and they can't do something, they cut power to the transmission, preventing it from eating eating it itself so it's both a good and bad thing
2: so I used your method you know backed up a little bit got a run at it got speed up. and then uh, actually I tried hill descent control which it has that worked really well so yeah the braking worked really well and then I'm like okay I'll go up there I got to do it right you can't mm. like that so I go up there and I go to that part where it gets really the car gets really articulated and that's in the wilderness video by the way that a lot of people did there's never any articulation, right? It's like you're on you're on a pretty steep, but there's no like the wheels are not like they're not trying to
3: force one of the wheels off the ground right, to really yeah. show what the other th- wheels will do. Yeah, I noticed that too. You noticed that, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all
2: four flat. So now the now the car has two wheels in the air, so you're really stressing it out, uh, and it would not go up over that first part. It just wouldn't do it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna use Nathan method. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I backed it up. Momentum. Backed it up. Went up. Didn't do it. I'm like, oh, I'll try again. On the fourth try, I did it. (laughs) But the problem with momentum, Nathan, your method, is that things break. Uh, Yeah, sometimes. And so that's what happened with me. Yeah, Uh, and that's- Here comes Blasey. Basically, I scratched the bottom of the chin spoiler. Yeah.
3: One of the problems that uh, you encounter with using momentum is that, yeah, indeed, you can break things and-
2: Well, you lose control. and, And the
3: control isn't as good. So, let's go into what we've gone through before with that Crosstrek. Tommy actually, and it's a pretty good video, put one of those, uh, last year's model, I believe, on his roller test. And Tommy's roller test is the best way to test all-wheel drive it's systems. Scientific. It's scientific. It's very scientific, it and it's, all it's dry. Levels. All the, uh, the emotion is taken out of it, and it's just a scientific method, and our method works really well. And the Subaru did not do particularly well on that one as well. It did the same thing. It cut power. Uh, other vehicles in the same class don't. Uh, lesser vehicles, as far as I'm concerned, were much more efficient at deploying power. So, that is something that you really should keep in mind if you're serious about doing some actual yeah, like off roading. Look,
2: look, look, if you want to go and do like Moab stuff, you know, this is not. If you want to go overland, and you want to go on dirt roads. Yeah, it's perfectly it's, fine. It's fine. I, you know, like I say, I was really rooting for the car, I wanted to do well. And our plan is. The next one we're gonna do, we're gonna try uh, the one where we got in trouble, Cliffhanger uh-huh. 1.0. I wanna compare it to our Pathfinder. Oh we'll yeah. It's like a modern car can, can do what a 26 year old truck can do. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, and then I want to do a little bit of a puck lift because you can't lift independent suspension, obviously. Not to, like you know, you can you can raise it a little
3: bit. Yeah, better. yeah. You just spacers.
2: Yeah, yeah. Basically a puck lift, and then put a little you know more aggressive tire on it. I think it would be a really good idea. Uh, and then do the test again. That's that's the whole plan right there in a nutshell. And I'm rooting for it. I want it to do well. I love the car, but you know, what am I gonna you know What, what do you want me to do? It all comes down to the marketing. Fact that it doesn't. Right. It, doesn't, it
3: comes down to marketing, and the problem. And this is one of the reasons why we're we're ostracized from certain organizations. The fact that they say that this is an off-road vehicle, they hint at it, they show it doing stuff that frankly it really can't do very comfortably. I know a lot of Subaru fans out there will disagree However... Wait for the hate mail. Yeah. Uh, which which we get and I'm totally fine and, with and that. And you know I, what? I,
2: I think we've put this out there before. I'll put it out there again. If you want to prove us wrong, l- bring your Subaru yep. with a CVT. Yep. I'm not... In, look, I'm I, I, manual is completed. Right? We know the manual is a different manual. setup. Yeah. Bring the, bring your, whatever you want, your Subaru with a CVT and come and show that it can go up cliffhanger. Show us what we're out. doing
3: wrong. Yeah. Show us what we're doing wrong. Yeah, but, but, we, but it's your car and you drive it up and, and also you can't be modified. Well, the whole point, I don't care if you want to lift it, that's fine. But yeah, but you know, you know, you know some guy put a locker in it, and God only knows. If You got a locker, yeah, come on. But no, no, honestly, if you if you want to do that, no go rockets. ahead and do it. You know, prove us wrong. We'll take you over there, we'll film you. And like uh, after story. signing some releases, so you don't sue us for looking embarrassed, uh, you don't make it up that hill very easily. And also, more importantly, if you destroy the car trying to get up the hill, it won't be on us. The thing that, com- that it all comes down to is, simply put, it's a very good all-wheel, all-weather car. It's a good all-wheel drive car. They are considered fairly reliable, and they are considered extremely safe. Their safety numbers are some of the best yeah. in the market. But consider the fact that if you're serious but, about off-roading, but there are it's, other it, choices. It's not a Wrangler. No, it's, it's not, and it's it never not. will be. It just isn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it isn't. Or it oh, isn't the oh. Trailhawk. No, it's, oh. it, it would it cannot compete with even the. Um, well, it doesn't have a low
2: range. Well, right?
3: we just tested the Ford uh, Baby Bronco, the uh, Bronco yeah, Sport. Yeah, which is, which is better. And the Bronco Sport will absolutely eat it alive off road. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, let's keep going. We, we, we have to wrap this up. Yes. We're running out of time. Number two is a car that Andre just purchased from TFL. It's the BMW i3. I think that's a bargain. I love that car. Well, what's the increase on it? Uh, it's it's the first car that actually decreased 0.4. <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, so it increased 0.4. No, oh, $91 okay. it increased. But that's that car's that car is the if 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 i needed a, a city car I would get that car all day long. They're super cheap. We bought ours for 14 with the Rex, right? The little right. range extension. No, it did
3: have some issues, but we took care of those.
2: Yeah, it was under, uh, it was CPO'd. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I love that car. I think BMW nailed it out of the ballpark. I think it doesn't get enough love because of the weird thin little tires. People just, just didn't They it. don't like
3: the shape of it, which right. is a shame. You know, that and, is and a the the bespoke BMW. It doesn't share any of its I panels know. with anything else. And it has like a whole special cage that they built for the car itself. It's, it's, it's extremely it's, yeah, safe.
2: Yeah, it's like carbon fiber. Driver-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And they use a
3: lot of special materials. Like, I love driving them.
2: And they're like 50K new and used. You can get it for 14K. Uh, and they're great little cars. And
3: apparently only a little above 14K according to this number, which is good. I, Roman and I both agree, and, and Andre obviously, it's a bargain. And if you want a really good electric vehicle that has a range extender, very smart buy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you can jailbreak the range extender to get more fuel tank use and to get more range. Uh, it's great. I'd love, I'd love to get, I'm waiting for the, they just killed it, so I'm waiting for like the one with the bigger battery, right? The one that yeah. only had like 60 miles of range on the battery. But the new ones, I think, go up to like 150. That's the one I was looking like at. at Double the battery. Yeah. But those are in like 50K right now. Yeah. So yeah. we'll wait for it to, you know, depreciate and then we'll get one.
3: And that's the thing is that they do depreciate rather quickly.
2: And the number one car, this is the only car on the list that actually decreased. Uh-huh. Everything else increased. This went down 2% or $1,000, $1,077, uh, the Tesla Model S. <laughs> That's
3: no surprise. It's been around forever.
2: I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, what is it now? I think, well, 11 years for Tesla, right, as a mm-hmm. company, so at least 11 years.
3: Well, no, I think it's closer to nine years well, when it was the actually... The Roadster made, was the first one. Yeah, the Roadster, which yeah. uh, which didn't last very long. But the S is their first real model in terms of proper competitive... And, I, and, I think and it they, also put them on the, on the map.
2: Yeah, I think also the fact that, you know, it's very expensive, so it, it will depreciate. They're quickly. huge.
3: Yeah. It's a big car. It's a big car. Yeah, not and you know a lot. I know a, a, a relative of mine. Uh, he's a cook, uh, socier actually in San Francisco, and he bought one and he loved it at first. But they couldn't park it. There I, was like no place to park it, it so he got the three.
2: It's also indicative of the fact that you know you're buying yesterday's tech.
3: Yeah, it's an old tech vehicle. Granted, they're still the fastest ones out there. They have ridiculously powerful versions, but. Right now, Porsche builds the new Taycan, Taycan, whatever. Taycan, yeah. And that's a better-looking, more uh, sport-oriented vehicle in my book.
2: I just think with electric cars, as you know, because you've got a Leaf, right? Yeah. You're, you're you're not paying a lot for old electric cars, but you're not getting the latest, greatest.
3: No, no, the tech that it's in my daughter's car is yeah. is it's so old by comparison. It's crazy. And it's like an old iPhone, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like an old. I, I, it's like an old my iPhone. My stepfather just
2: got the old SE, right? The, uh-huh. it was, I want to say it was like 400 bucks, right? The, mm. And he loves it because it still has to push, you know, the button. As opposed to stupid. You can physically push the button. button. Yeah, I love that too. I missed that so much. I don't know why Apple went away from it.
3: I, I tried to buy one of those flip phones for my sibling when he turned when he's yeah he's <laughs> one of those like, <laughs> um, the mid fifties. But it's it's still a very good car. I mean, build quality on those cars has improved over time, probably because they've been building them forever. But yeah, now you can get them at uh, relatively good prices despite the increase. However recently tesla did in, uh, increase their prices
2: yeah they've been increasing them kind of in a sneaky way they're, they're like not the x or the uh, s yeah I, I think they should stopped production on those for now that's the latest but they have increased the model 3 and the y uh-huh. and it's been like 300 dollars here you know, four hundred dollars there, and I think over the last two months they've increased them by like two thousand. So yeah, it's, it's kind of sneaky. They just haven't gone like two thousand. Like, yeah, and they don't
3: announce anything because they really don't have any press or anything. They just went go and do it. Yeah. And you know, it's the company. Roman idolizes their cars for good reason. They're Whoa, fast. No, 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 no you I don't. I, you I don't love it. that. Why?
2: I don't idolize them. I, I you know, I i No, I don't idolize it, but I respect the fact that they have completely broken the mold. And have created a new paradigm for car buying. So to I was to this podcast, Seen Through Glass, uh-huh. and they were, they were arguing about, you know, if electric cars are the future, and uh, and, and, and I had this idea that um, in the UK, if you're into, like, traditional ice, right? I hate that word, too. In- internal, internal combustion. combustion yeah. it's, it's kind of a way to kind of, you know, mock traditional cars. To a certain... I don't like it either. I don't like, I it, don't like either. it either. But the, you, know, and you know what they're called in the UK, right? They're called heads. Yeah. Right. So what what they're identifying when you think about it is not the car itself, but with what powers the car. Mm-hmm. And to me, Nathan, I don't give a rat's ass what powers it. I, I'm all about the car or the truck. Mm-hmm. So So to me, whether there is a battery or a fuel cell or a big old V8, it's not about that necessarily. It's about the performance and what the car makes me feel like. So I'm not like hung up. I'm not a petrol head. I don't care, you know, if it's diesel or if it's gas or if it's electric or if it's fuel cell. What I care about is the car itself, and that has not changed. Uh, and to me, an electric car is like a car that is something completely different, something that's completely new. I'm not going to say better or worse than a internal combustion, but it's different, and it's cool. It's like, in some ways, i got to tell you, I was listening to another podcast, uh, The Truck Show, you know, uh, that Sean does. Mm-hmm. And they had Gail Banks on there. Yeah. And he started talking about, like, uh, you know, he, he does turbocharging, right? He does, like, like you know, high-powered diesel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he
3: super boosts diesels and whatnot. Right,
2: yeah, yeah. And, and he started talking about, you know, like, cubic things of air and, you know, how that determines. The, and and I, I'm like, I've heard that. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not the youngest guy anymore, but I've heard that so many times, right? That conversation about, like, you know, you know the difference between it's, it's It's so, like, there's nothing new. There's nothing different about it. It's the same conversation guys were having, you know, when I was born. Really, mm-hmm. literally,
3: it is. No, it, it, ways of creating power, you know, more and, boost and, and, and kind of, power and into an engine or even a diesel. I'm bored
2: of it. I'm just, I'm yep. like, let's move on. Let's let's do something different. And that's why I find electric cars so interesting because instead of you know slapping on a supercharger, you get a computer plug it in and you can you can you know you can tune it that way or fuel cell cars, whatever that will mean, right? Mm. Um, however, you increase. horsepower and the output of those that's all it is with me it's not a love of the company it's not a love of the it's just it's different it's new it's fun it's fresh it's cool and that's where i'm at
3: i'm willing to bet bitcom that uh we're they're going to be some interesting changes at Tesla. i hate bitcom i can't stand it so um but but the other the other part of this whole thing of course is that the vehicles we talked about some of them are really good high-tech bargains potentially that have gone, still gone up in price. So, to wrap this whole thing up, I think that uh, you guys out there who are searching for used cars, beware. A lot of people are going to upcharge you on them. Uh, sure, maybe the market s- is what the market is. The market is, mar- is what it is. And, um, you know, at the very least, if you're trying to get rid of a car, now might be a really good time to do it. If
2: You're going to sell, sell. And by the way, thank you to all of our patrons out there. So, you guys, you know, we you know who you are. Thank want, you again, guys. We, we appreciate it. It lets us do things like this. You know, a lot of the podcasts, when they're on... The audio version, right? Uh-huh. The first 20 minutes are commercials. You'll note that we get right into it. Uh, so, you know, that's because we've got a lot of great patrons that help us do that. All right, Blazey, I think Blazey needs to go. You know what? <laughs> yes, yes. Good he seems, timing. He seems to be in the mood. To, uh, He's yes. going
3: back and forth between the two of us, trying to tell us something. something so, yeah. so we don't want to. We don't want have to any... stink up our studio. No, it's a really bad idea. So, thank you guys. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Take care. Take care. Ciao.